Welcome back, weirdos, to another episode of Masters of None Presents Weird Al Bums. We finally washed the stink of the fantastic plastics out of our studio from last week. <laughs> we do have a guest who might pop in for a minute later today, but first off, introductions. My name is Jay Shanoin. With me, as always, is your other host, Jay, from Masters of None. What's up, Jay? What's up? Are we calling our fan base weirdos now? So we settled on? I <laughs> Our fan base... <laughs> Our circles of friends that, that are currently <laughs> listening to our podcast. It's growing. The it word is, is getting out. At Weird Albums on Instagram. At Weird Albums Pod on Twitter. Tweet us. Repost us. We love it. We're getting a lot there of good feedback. A... Are we going to go over some feet like weirdo fan feedback this episode? Or are we going to save that for next time? Uh, we can keep waiting because I feel like it's building a little bit every episode. But we do. We are. There, I mean, there's a dedicated weird community out there on the internet. Yeah, and I feel like they're family. finding us slowly but surely. And, and mostly positive comments so far, which is nice. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, we're doing Polka Party this episode. This is from 1986, yeah? 1986. This is album number four. Yeah, this is kind of the end of Weird Al's Act One, because this one was not a huge hit. This was considered maybe the end of his career when it came out. A commercial failure. It was considered by, by critics and the label alike. So the lead single is a parody of... Living in America by James Brown, which is from, of course, we all know from Rocky IV. You know, he does the whole intro for Apollo Creed. Here's Living with a Hernia. This is my favorite part where he lists all the hernias, where, like, James Brown lists all the states. <laughs> you may not be familiar with the common types of hernias that you could death. So just settle down. Let me clue you in. There's Egon Please. Egon Uh, that's absolutely this... my favorite part of that song that you chose is when he's listing off the different types of hernias that you can get. And I like the end too, where instead of "I feel good," he goes "I feel bad." Always gets a <laughs> laugh from me. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, but we are of kicking off the album with what I personally think is going to be a running theme as we go through the whole track list, which is that he made some interesting choices here, mainly yeah. on his parodies. Interesting song choices and interesting. Topic choices for what to make the songs about. I think hernias, it's a gamble, Al. It's a gamble, Al. <laughs> it's a gamble. Also, uh, interesting meaning bad. Bad choices. But I, I did some digging. I did some research, as we do. And I found out why this is the lead single. Because the last ones, what we had, Like a Surgeon, of course, huge. Right. Who was bigger than Madonna? Before that, we had Eat It. So huge smash hit. Biggest pop stars out there. James Brown to lead off the album for the big for the for the big parody single. You know why that was, Jay? I no, I'm dying for you to tell me. It's because Scotty Brothers had just signed James Brown to be on their label, and so they forced their hand on Al to do a parody of their new artist. That help. makes a lot of sense. Yep. And let's all lift all the blame from Al's shoulders for this. <laughs> His shoulders that are draped in that cape blanket at the end of the video just like james brown yeah he tried he tried really hard and the the actual note that i wrote is that he does well with the suboptimal hand that he dealt himself <laughs> and so it makes it feel even better to know that he didn't deal that he hand did. to himself someone came to him and said 
do this one. And he tried. He, he did. He didn't phone it in. He put effort in there. He gets a couple laughs out of me. I feel bad is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. So in, in Weird Actually, a related Weird Actually from last album, remember how we couldn't figure out why he did that weird delivery on Girls Just Want to Have Lunch and how we hated it so much because he did that yes. terrible voice and he sounded like yeah. angry? Guess guess what happened on that track? Oh, no. <laughs> the same exact thing happened. And so he All purposely right. did it in that terrible voice with bad lyrics just to, to get back at the record label who forced him. They just forced him. To, they wanted him to do a Cindy Lauper parody. And he was like, okay, here's your Cindy Lauper parody. Girls just want to have lunch. <laughs> and that was kind of his, that was kind of his like. So you actually nailed it. You actually nailed it. You said he sounded mad. Yep, and like, and he was. why is he mad? Now we know. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on picking yeah. up on the subtext. I do my research, man. And I got to shout out again. Uh, well, not until after we really need to. But yeah, yeah. we look stuff up after we <laughs> say incorrect things. I have a couple other weird actuallys corrections from last episode with Fantastic Plastics. They were trying to figure out what, what documentary The Complete Owl was a, a parody of. And it was uh, The Complete Beatles. It was a Beatles documentary. And it was spelled the same. That makes sense. Yeah, spelled that same weird way. That's why it's... C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, because the Beatles one was spelled that way. Uh, the hand fartist on Girls Just Want to Have Lunch was musical Mike Kiefer, who's a frequent Al collaborator. And the Fantastic Plastics were talking about there was a famous guy back in the day who would like go on Johnny Carson and the Mike Douglas show and do the hand farts. And that guy's name was John Toomey. And in looking up hand fartists, there are a shocking number of people out there who are skilled and semi-famous in the world of manualism, as they call the hand farting. Oh, that definitely sounds like some kind of creepy urban dictionary entry (laughs) that I don't really want to know about. Some fantastic names, such as Jimi Hendrix, the the three tendons, like the three tenors. There's like a trio that do hand farting, so bravo to them. And then I think that was my only other weird actually. Oh, the the last one was that we were wondering who did the guitar solo on This Is The Life, the heavy metal guitar solo that's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Could have been Rick Derringer, could have been Jim West. It, Rick Derringer does get guitar credit on in 3D, but okay. it, I couldn't I couldn't find exactly who did it on that specific song. In the video, it's Jim West. So we'll go with that. And there's your weird actuallys. Track two. What do we got? Track two is Dog Eat Dog. It is a style parody of the Talking Heads, and it is... Perfect. Five o'clock is here much too soon now. Cause I just never wanna leave. I can bend paper clips into the, the shape of small animals. Maybe I could get on a David Letterman. I, 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 I think I made a big mistake. When my liquid paper, when my liquid paper. And man, just like he nailed the B-52s, right? And the police right from the opening notes. Boom. Talking heads. The second you hear it. It's exactly like you said about the B-52 style parody is that every new part is just the next part of a talking head song. It is Mm -hmm. exactly pitch perfect. And not only that, but as I'm going to keep pointing out when he does just perfectly write a song for a band... What a great talking head song he wrote. Totally. <laughs> this song's fantastic. I especially love when 
Al does stuff that's like in his vocal range where he can really nail it and sound like the person because he sounds exactly For sure. like David Byrne. Like James Brown, not so much, which is no. part of the failure of that song. But this, like, holy cow, that could easily be It doesn't be even David sound Byrne. that much like Al Yankovic in this song. He no, it's amazing. Perfect. Big shout out to the duck, 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 duck. That's a beautiful addition. It sure is. And and it's kind of a different different theme, too. Office office life. We haven't heard anything along those lines yet, which I love, it's, too. So yet another interesting choice that he makes where he's like, you know what? Let's let's branch out. <laughs> let's explore some more space with our topics this time around. Maybe hernias are a wealth of humor that I've never <laughs> tapped before. Maybe the office has something there. And it does, turns out. Other Decades enough. before Michael Scott happened along, Al had his finger on the pulse of pop culture. All right, track three is Addicted to Spuds. Yeah, this is my favorite parody of the album. You planned a trip to Idaho just to watch potatoes grow. I understand how you must feel. I can't deny they've got All right, I'm going to go with that as my favorite parody as well. They've got a peel, Jay. There's so many good puns. It's There's <laughs> fantastic puns. Great hashtag food song, which besides girls just want to have lunch, there's not really one on uh, Dare to be Stupid. Mm-hmm. And this is all, I've always loved this one. I've always thought it was a great Weird Al food song and just a terrific parody. Also a big fan of just Robbie Palmy in general, so I like the original when you start liking the song, it's usually a safe bet that you're going to enjoy the Weird Al version because he does an excellent job reproducing the song. So if you like the music, you're still going to like it. I also like potatoes. I love potatoes, too. I think that <laughs> helps the standing of the parody as well. And I think what really helps the standing of this parody on the album are the other parodies on this album. That they're very bad. They're not necessarily <laughs> bad. He makes interesting choices. Al... No one's not satisfied with the work that you did here. That's a lie. Many people consider this to be your worst album. Do you? I mean, it's definitely the worst of the four so far. Do you agree with that? I don't want to reveal too much about what my brain is cooking up for rankings, because that's going to be our whole final episode. We'll discuss where each album falls in the hierarchy at length. Playing it close to the Hawaiian shirt. I will say that I think overall this album is underrated. After listening to it again and revisiting several times this week, I think it deserves more credit than immediate worst album. I think it's underhated. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not I think, enjoy going I back. I think the laurels it has to rest on are all originals, but I think yes. I think to shun the originals because of the label signing James Brown is unfair. <laughs> it's unfair to dog eat dog. All right. And it's unfair to our next song, which is yeah. track four. One of these days is an original, though I did find on the Weird Al fan wiki, which is not called the Weirdopedia, but it should be. Someone make that happen. <laughs> uh, they said that maybe it's like a glam rock style, but that was all that I could get as far as it being anything more than an original. Big steam roller just ran over my mom, and I cut myself shaving, and they're dropping the bomb. It's just one of those 
love that one. It's a great song. It's very catchy. It's very funny. One of those uh, one of those dot 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 Weird Al songs where you gotta let the lyric play out, and that's where your laugh is probably gonna come. In. Yeah, it's just a list of silly things that just kind of elevate to the to usually Armageddon, as as Al tends to do. He likes to crank it up to the end of the world frequently. <laughs> Again, I haven't done it yet, but we got to dig back and tally up a body count for this discography. <laughs> At the end, I bet we're in triple digits. Yeah, well, that's foreshadowing too. Again, the, the end of the album. Yeah, I love, I love that. Just, just again, silly. Just one of those long list of alisms, just dopey things thrown in there. Again, ending with the apocalypse. I love it. I, I'm not tired of that, that structure of Al song yet. I'm not really tired of the structure of any Al song other than have your record label sign an artist and force you to write something. <laughs> so far, I don't feel great about that. Speaking of structure, Al did say that in the making of this album, he was kind of starting to find it like formulaic, where he hmm. had, you know, it's okay, it's five parodies, it's four originals and a polka. And he he kind of admitted that he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm kind of falling into like a rut here where I'm doing the same kind of thing over and over. So yeah, there's no George of the Jungle theme song to break it up on this one for you. <laughs> That's true. All right, next up is our polka, thrown into the middle here instead of towards the end. Polka Party, the titular track. Definitely some uh, some interesting choices in this one, too. Let's take a listen. I love those horns during the Susurio part. It's yeah, so it's great. great. So, Party All the Time, Say You Say Me, Lionel Richie, Freeway of Love, uh, What You Need by In Excess, and Harlem Shuffle in there by the Rolling Stones. This is the weird, that's that weird middle part that comes after this. Venus, Bananarama, Nasty, Janet Jackson, Rock Me Amadeus, Shout, Tears for Fears, Pop It on Preach, and then the Ear Booker Polka, it says here. Is that right? Or is it supposed to be Ear Booger? So, there are definitely several songs in there that I would also call interesting choices. And, you know, that's just, like we keep saying, kind of a theme of this whole album. I do want to point out, we're on album four. First one was 1983. Second one was 1984. Third one was 1985. Four albums in four years of this concept. No kidding, he feels like he's hitting a rut and it's starting to get formulaic because you're just cranking these out. There's no time for the paint to dry on these songs, and we're about to get into the B side of the album where I think it becomes real apparent. You you really should allow a couple of years for pop culture to develop and grow before you let Al dip his toe back into the pool of songs to, to pick some new ones. I feel like maybe twelve months was rushing him a little bit. Could be, could be. I think he was just it was he was so hot. He was red hot, man. He was like the poster boy of MTV. He was all over the place. So they gotta strike while the iron's hot. But we have to get a reaction to this polka party, polka medley, from a true polka legend. Someone who has Grammys, multiple Grammys. Let's say 18 Grammys, five gold records. Has sold out Carnegie Hall, played at Lincoln Center, Yankee Stadium. He's like the Yankees of polka. He's, he was a question on who wants to be a millionaire, Jay. We had the chance to uh, talk. 
over the phone, so the quality is going to be a little different here. We talked to him. He's down in Florida. He's originally from Florida, New York, which is right in my backyard. That's how I know him. I've interviewed this legend of polka. He's the polka king. It's the legendary Jimmy Stir. How are you, Jimmy? Well, good to hear your voices. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for joining us. So uh, you've been you've been in the polka game a long time. Um, I know you ha- you've had some interactions with Weird Al. So we we're, we're doing his polka party album, and I, you have a polka party album, right? I think everybody in polka probably has an album called Polka Party. Yeah, we did ours. Uh, actually, it's one that uh, uh, PBS. Uh, they did a, a special on us and then uh, called Polka Party, of course. And uh, the tracks from that from that television show came out as a CD, and it was called Polka Party. And now, when did that album party. come out? Oh man, it must be nine years ago, maybe ten in that area. Okay, nice. So this album's Polka Party. Weird Al uh, famously does a polka medley on every album that he does where he generally takes kind of like the pop songs of the day and throws them together. And I know polka medleys is like, that's like a a big tradition in polka, right? Doing like a bunch of songs, kind of blending them together. Well, I wouldn't say it's a tradition, but I did one. uh, The first one I ever did was called Let's Have a Polka Party. They advertised it on television. And and that was my first gold album, actually. Nice. How many of those do you have there, Jimmy? Was it two, three, four? Five gold albums, yeah. It was called Let's Have a Polka Party. But, you know, it's funny about you. We were talking about we're Al Yankovic. And, you know, you're doing a little show on his, on his recordings. Do you know his, uh, that's not his real name, as you might know, right? What? Are you saying he's an imposter? Is he like my friend Jason? Well, no, or? I'm not. Let, let, me tell you, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you, I'm not sure what his real name is. But his mother and father were very big fans many years ago of a guy who was known as, well, America's Polka King many years ago. This is probably before your time, you guys. But anyway, he came out of Cleveland, Ohio, and his name was Frank Frankie. Yankovic. Yankovic. Yeah, Frank we know Yankovic. about Frank. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's how Weird Al picked up his name. But I'm sure that's not uh, Yankovic's real name. I, I, I don't remember what it was, but because his mother and father were big fans of Frankie Yankovic, he took the name Weird Al Yankovic. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's how he, he got his name. Can I blow your wow. mind right now, Jimmy? Go ahead. That, Batman was absolutely born Alfred Matthew Yankovic. That was his last name. Was it? Well, I mean, if you're looking it up, that might be. But I always heard the story that his mother and father were big fans of this guy, Frank Yankovic. If you're correct, you may have just spawned off a whole nother spinoff podcast series where we investigate. <laughs> we have to find the birth certificate. <laughs> well, it might be, you know, it might be, uh, you know, in the archives someplace. You guys can find that with no no problem. But anyway, I, you know, uh, I respect, the, you know, what he does. And, you know, it takes all those songs and, uh, you know, changes the words around and does them as a polka. There's no spite they, in the polka community towards Al? You never hear it. It might, you know, it really... I never, never heard anybody talk anything like that. Of course, a real polka fan would probably not be a fan of Weird Al. Well, that's what I'm that saying. Really, is, I mean, well, are there polka purists out there? Oh, many. Yeah, no, no, there's a lot. But, I mean, you know, like, uh, it, it's polka, but it really isn't polka. You know, in other right. words, you can't really dance a polka to what Weird Al does. Sure. Uh, you know, although, you know, it's very, very popular and that's great. 
He's kind of a poke poser in your mind. He's kind of a poker. <laughs> no, no, don't put words in my mouth. No, no, he's not. He's, look at what he's done. He's been very, very successful. In fact, you know, there are a couple bands in in the polka field, one anyway, that sort of took up, you know, what he's doing. And the, and the band's name is uh, the Brave Combo. <clears throat> They're out of Texas. And not that they took, you know, rock songs and put them into a polka or stuff like that. But, then, you know, they got that same tempo, you know, it's up-tempo, real fast. And they do, um, you know, they do different songs. And and they, for a long time, were very popular nice. in the polka. What's their album called? Polka Party? <laughs> no, <laughs> no they've got a bunch of, they got a bunch of uh, LPs and uh, CDs, actually. Jimmy, you said you almost worked with Al at one point? Well, I've been fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, recorded. A lot of guys recorded, like Willie Nelson recorded with our band. In fact, he did five different CDs with us. And other, the Oak Ridge Boys, wow. uh, you know, uh, just a whole bunch of different guys. And I, I always thought, geez, maybe I should look up Weird Al Yankovic and maybe do something with him. But I could never find the contact to, to contact, <laughs> you know, to, to be able to speak or his manager. I could never find that guy. So I never really did. But I was, you know, back then I was busy, you know, recording with so many other guys, you know, especially country guys. Have you ever uh, run into him like when when you guys are like you know, at a Grammy party or anything? Because since you guys have both won Grammys. Did he win no. a Grammy? I... Yeah, he's got a few. Yep. He did? A comedy album. Jimmy, uh, you have 18 out of only 24 best polka Grammys that have ever been awarded. Really? Yeah. Well, I've been not nominated actually 25 times because when they took the polka category away, mm. they put me into the folk category. And I won in the folk category. What? Come on. The folk people got upset. And, and the next year, they put me in the pop category. With uh, I remember who was in the Lady Gaga. She had that, uh, that big uh, recording out back then Tony with Tony Bennett. Yeah. You know, with all these heavy, heavy rock people. And they had me in that category. I think it's so, pronounced Lady you know, Gaga, that but that's still very cool. <laughs> That's crazy. So what did you think of this medley of him uh, mashing up all these 80s, 80s tunes? You liked it? I thought it was pretty cool. You know, it's not really, you know, it, it, it is a polka, but it's, you know, it's not something that you could dance to. But I mean, I enjoyed listening to it very much. It was really, you know, it, you know, the guy is, you know, he's a genius. When there's cuss words in your polkas, what do you bleep them out with? Do you use like a slide whistle or a cow sound effect? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do. You know, speaking of that, you know, you're, I know you're just talking on that, but I uh, we were playing Germany, and I heard this song, mm. and it, it actually was a huge hit for us here in America. We were the first ones. The song is called Alice. Now, you're going to have to use your imagination on this. There's thousands of people at the Oktoberfest in Germany. And these mm. band, all the bands were playing this song, Alice. Only it was, I recorded it as Alice. Who the hell is Alice? But on mm. the original that was done back in the 70s by a group yeah. from uh, England, they used the F word, Alice, who the <laughs> F. And you know, holy crows, and everybody knew the words in, it, you know, in, in Germany. So the next day, I happened to be listening to this radio station in Germany. It was like in the, uh, in the top 10. And, and they used the version with Alice, who the F is Alice. 
You know, so, you know, it, that was pretty cool. But you changed it up a little bit. You changed the words. Well, I had to. Can you imagine me saying that word here in America? Yeah. Wow. You made it, you made it weird, Alice, by changing the words. Yeah. yeah weird, Alice. Yeah. You were doing medleys of polka versions of, of other not traditionally polka songs long before uh, Weird Alice started doing that. Well, I don't, I mean, I didn't get the idea from him. You know, I mean, if, uh, you know, I mean, I, no, I'm I, implying I, maybe I, he I got the idea from you. <laughs> I doubt that. But you never it sounds tell. like you were having so. polka parties long I before so. he came along and oh, changed I, his I, name. I probably was. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I did. But, they, you know, it, they, they they sold like on television. They sold big numbers. And then I, the next one I did after let's have a polka party for television was one called Million Dollar Polkas. And that was another gold album I got. And, uh, you know, it just kept going there for quite a while. For, I mean, I, even a Christmas album. I got a gold album for a Christmas album. You know, uh, we take a beating with the word polka, you know. Uh, it, it's so much bigger than what people, you know, the outside world realizes. Jimmy, can you tell the folks uh, your website? Is it jimmystir.com? Yeah, jimmystir.com. Exactly. You, you back out back out doing shows this year, post-COVID here? Oh, yeah, finally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year was a nightmare. I mean, everything, everything was canceled. Yep. But now, now we're out, you know, starting to get out there a lot more. Jimmy, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, the the one and only Polka King, Jimmy Stir. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Have a great night. That was a treat. I, what would you do if you had 18 Grammys? Like, what would you do with them? I think I'd be annoyed at that point. <laughs> I think I'd just be like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. What am I going to do with all these Grammys? <laughs> Hashtag too many Grammys. That's going to be <laughs> my next project after this. All Billie right, Eilish, what do you do? How do you cope? Let's get into it. Because now we're heading into real non-Grammy territory with the second side of this album. We're not even going to bother with a clip of this one. Here's Johnny cover of El DeBarge. This is maybe the most dated thing uh, as of yet in Al's entire catalog. Because who the L is El DeBarge? Yeah, I mean, he was an 80s dude. It, this thing is so 80s that it's embarrassing. Like it's. Em- I had definitely never heard of this song until like this week. I don't think I'd ever looked up the original. And I well, did listen to it. It's, it's from the movie Short Circuit. Who's Johnny? Johnny Five. Oh, well, then I'm sure I heard it whilst enjoying that robo-adventure. <laughs> Because I've definitely seen that film. It's terrible. It's about Ed McMahon, who is Johnny Carson's sidekick. Everything about this is so dated and pointless that it's just... uh, I don't think it's terrible, but I do think it's dated. I don't think it's got got the legs that you want from a lasting Al song. I think it suffers a little bit from song choice because that song didn't last. It didn't have staying power, and you, for the parody to be remembered at all, you kind of need people to know that that song existed. All right, moving right along. Number seven is Don't Wear Those Shoes. This one's fun. Let's take a listen. So this one is kind of a, a little kinks tribute from what I read. I can hear some kinks in there. It's definitely got kind of a new wavy vibe to it yep almost like a little walking on sunshine kind of vibe i'm into this one a lot i think it's very catchy i think 
I think it's got some very funny moments, but I think it's another situation where the humor is a little bit overshadowed by how much I enjoy the song. Yeah, the song's great, and my favorite part about it is that he never mentions why he doesn't like he doesn't want her to wear the shoes. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> he, he never says why. He's just begging her, like different reasons, different things that he'll do for her to not wear the shoes. But yeah, he never ways says that why. she can treat him awfully. Yes, he's but, really really selling how bad these shoes are. But yeah, we never get why no do they, reason. Why no do they reason. bother you? No description. So nothing. Just please don't wear the shoes. It's very very funny to me. Yeah, he definitely says that she can just flat out spit in his face. So my interest is peaked. What's going on with these shoes? I think they're like stripper shoes, like the big heels. Oh, you think it's like a slut shaming thing? I think it could be. <laughs> yeah. We are just we are filling it up with the scanned owls on this episode. He's changing his name. By the way, I want to double back and point out that my favorite part of the Jimmy interview was that he insisted that no one has any ill will or resentment towards Weird Al in the polka community and proceeded to insist that what he does is not polka and he changes his name. <laughs> <laughs> You're not buying it, huh? I think he's being a little gatekeeping. I think I think <laughs> Jimmy feels a little territorial with his 18 Grammys. That... I can't blame him. I mean, if, if anything's a failure, it's... He named the album Polka Party. There's probably not even real polka on it. There's zero polka on it as, as far as Jimmy Starr is concerned. So it's polka- also absolutely worth pointing out that, yeah, Al's got plenty of Grammys as well. None of them are explicitly polka related. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think part of the reason this failed is like you buy this thing, you're like, what the hell is this? This is not a polka album. You know what I mean? It wasn't polka enough for the polka people, and then it wasn't non polka enough for everybody else. No, it starts off about hernias. You'd be very confused <laughs> if you went into this looking for the genuine polka article. I picture an old German guy wearing his lederhosen, sitting down by the fire with a nice glass of schnapps. Puts the old Do you on usually the... dress in an appropriate outfit for the music you're going to be listening to? <laughs> yes, of course. I think you should have to. I think we should each have a closet full of loud Hawaiian button-ups for our listening sessions. Well, you certainly have some. I saw that Instagram post. You and your nice mustache and your Hawaiian shirt. That mustache lasted all of about 120 seconds. <laughs> I felt disgusting. Check out that weird album. See that that JPEG, everybody. All right. Number eight, maybe the biggest failure of, of Al's career. He picked a song he thought was going to be huge. It was a Mick Jagger song. Supposed to be the, the title song for the, the movie Ruthless People, or, or it was anyway. He kind of gambled that this was going to be a hit. Wrote the song. Song was not a hit at all. And then, since he had already asked Mick Jagger if he could record it and got his permission, he felt so guilty that he left it on the album. So, Toothless People, parody of Ruthless People. Which I'm not even going to bother playing a cover of, because you won't know the song. It's not really that funny. No, it's another one where... Uh, I did not know that story that it was kind of like a gamble, which he does usually have have a good ear for what song is going to be a hit. I did not know that story behind it. This is another one where it's just, what a weird choice. And another weird topic choice. People with no teeth, people with hernias. How did we end up in this medical field for this <laughs> album? Is it because, like, a surgeon was such a success? Was it like, the money's the money's in medicine? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. We're going back I... to the hospital, boys. Like, leave them alone, Al. People with no teeth. Like, they really need to be kicked while they're down right in the gums. 
I am waiting for the big medical compilation album. Like all the songs about medical <laughs> things. That there's a food one. There's a TV one. Is there a medical? It's called Medical Surprise. That's what it's called. Get it? Like supplies. I don't think you can make that joke in uh, <laughs> in 2022. Uh, yeah, this one, I'll agree with you. I think this is a pretty bad parody. For all the reasons that we listed, but I mean, certainly doesn't hold up to any of the other ones that in previous episodes we've been we've been excited to talk about. Definitely. On this album, even, it doesn't doesn't shine too bright. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard to do. Track number nine. Uh, I'm going to say this one is my favorite. It's my choice for favorite original. It's it's so simple. I love the concept. It's just kind of perfect. This is the one I went back and listened to a few times, and I'm just kind of like singing along. And I just think it's, it's, a, it's a great occasion song. Country pastiche, good enough for now. You're sort of. I agree. I love that one. I love it. It's so so mean. I think it also kind of falls in his hashtag scorned lover category where it's yep. one of those. He kind of frequently does the not quite a love song where it, it sounds like your typical love song. And then again, wait till the end of the lyric. He's going to twist it on you. He's always up to something that weird, Al. Yeah, uh, but he nails of- it. The, the country style. I find old timey country like this very soothing, too. So just the style of the song totally. is great. Uh, but he nails it and and the delivery of the lines and everything. And it's well written and also, yeah, hysterical. It's a great song. It's so funny that if you just change the word now to me, it would be an actual country love song. <laughs> You're good enough for me. Like, okay, that turns the whole song back onto the person. You know, the person And that is it, exactly no, how no, you write a country love song. It's like, yeah. thanks, darling, for putting up with me and my beer yeah. gut and my spitting chew juice all over the living room carpet mm-hmm. it's exactly how you do it but no you're good enough for now we're at our final this is your pick for best original it had to be it would have felt like sacrilege if i did not say this is the best original song on this album taking it to the armageddon again it's christmas at ground zero everywhere the atom bombs are dropping it's the end of all humanity no more time for last minute shopping it's time to face your final destiny. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. There's panic in the crowd. We can dodge debris while we trim the tree underneath a mushroom cloud. Absolute classic. Required Christmas listening in the Chinoin household. That's great. That is, in my opinion, one of the best songs that he's ever written. So, I mean... Again, I do think that there are some great originals on this album. My overall feeling after revisiting it is that it deserves more credit than it tends to get in these discussions of best to worst ranked albums. It deserves a a little talk, a little asterisk when you're like, it's overall not good, but those originals, just give me that. That's all I want. But this one was like undeniable that it was always going to be my favorite. All the originals are crushers on this one, 100%. The parodies leave a little something... To be desired. And again, I do think that a lot of that probably comes from, I mean, you've told us a couple stories, a little, our own version of behind the music here, where we found out why some of them, but I do think that a big part of it is that 
We're on album four in four years. You're trying to crank these out. And again, you don't know what songs are going to be hits. You don't know yeah. what you should latch on to. But there were plenty of songs from that, that year, from like 85 to 86, that I think were ripe for parodying. So, Might you have uh, an example, Jay? I might have prepared a couple, yeah. <laughs> so I think were I making Poke Party now, I would drop off Toothless People. I think maybe, I have two ready for you. Maybe I would throw in another hashtag food song with a little Katrina in the waves with a little, I'm snacking on pork rinds. What do you think of that? I think that one could work. And I, like I don't that. feel good. Hey, I think, I think I snacking like on pork rinds could work. I got one. What do you got for have, me? I would have taken Prince's Raspberry Beret and called it Dad Scary Toupee. Okay. <laughs> like, like the kind you find on the barbershop floor. Excellent. <laughs> All right. My other one that I would have liked to hear is a little Eddie Money. I wanted take out a loan tonight. You cannot afford that home. Your budget's tight. I think this one's got legs. I think we could write this whole song. I'll be a little banker. I think we could really do things with this one. I think we got an album on the way. I, I think I got one more. I just thought of it now. Instead of we built this city, it can be uh, kind of an ode to adolescent boys and call it We Felt This. <laughs> huh. All right. So, Jay, what else do we want to say about about Poker Party? What else? How do you feel overall? It sounds like you're leaning like like people are right. Like, are so far, right. you agree. I do. I mean, aside from Spuds, I don't really like any of the parodies on this it's almost like a like a 50 50 album it's like a c for me the originals are all great but the parodies are all not great like really bad as we know some of them polka polka's decent but uh, i don't know i think history the is polka's kind of... not bad there no, will be okay. polkas later on that i'm gonna say i think i think they're kind of bad oh, this okay. is not one of them i think it's probably the weakest of the three polkas that we've heard so far mm-hmm. it's just kind of straightforward it doesn't like do a lot of those fun things that we like where the He'll like make the lyrics go along with the melody of the music. There's no, there's no like super clever transitions in it. Right. I think it's a shame that this is the one that Jimmy had to listen to. I think had we, had we been able to really steer him towards a, a prime polka, we could have gotten him to at least admit that it's a part of the genre that it claims to be. <laughs> Perhaps. I overall feel again that that this one was underrated. I think it, I think it deserves a little more credit than it tends to get. And I think that entirely is due to things like Dog Eat Dog and Don't Wear Those Shoes. And, of course, Christmas at Ground Zero. Well, I think we, we've covered it. Polka Party, his least successful album. We kind of leave Weird, Weird Al in a, in a strange, like, Han Solo captured by Darth Vader. This is our, like, Empire, Empire Strikes Back, like our down ending. Oh, like his fate is unclear at the yeah, end of this. Like, is this the end of Weird Al? What's going to happen? It ate it. This album. <laughs> Do you think that was the New York Post headline? <laughs> Al eats it. <laughs> I think he takes a couple of years off, right, after this and kind of regroups? Yes, not his longest gap in his right. discography. Because this is going to happen again, kids. It's not all sunshine and accordions in the world of Al's career. It's There's some dark spots. We're going We're gonna to get a whole Daniel Radcliffe movie about it. Oh, God. How I hate those pictures coming out. I hate them so much. It has been one of the highlights of my week. 
just getting you to go off about how unhappy you are about our glimpses of Danny Rads all dressed up like Weird Al. They must just be going for a pure comedy angle because it, it doesn't look like them. It's all wrong. Paul Rudd. I've seen right. a couple pictures since then. Your initial reaction to what looks like a picture of him in between takes walking through the set. He's sipping an iced coffee. You were furious. You were so <laughs> mad via text message. You called him a young, who's the porn star you compared him to? Oh, he looks like weird Ron Jeremy. <laughs> like a young, weird Ron Jeremy. That's what he looked like. Odd Ron. That's that's his there you go. parody career. I don't know, man. Um, I, I think when you get him in the middle of an actual take and he's he's in the throes of a, a passionate accordion solo, maybe they'll be able to work some magic. I also think that they're just making a comedy, though, and that they're playing it for laughs. I'm not super interested in that. I want the Al story. I want the complete Al. I want just a straightforward, as genuine of a biopic as you gave Johnny Cash and Ray Charles. <laughs> And Freddie Mercury. When is it supposed to come out? Do we know that yet? I uh, who cares? You know what it's coming out on though is Roku, the the Roku channel, which I saw someone comment and say I feel like this is absolutely perfect because if I had to pick a service or a channel that is closest to what UHF is in that movie, I would say it's probably Roku. I did see a Spatula City ad once on Roku. If you uh, order nine spatulas, I hear you can get the tenth for just one penny. Totally. I do, I do love the Weird Al pinball machine that you sent me the link for. That looks amazing. Uh, so the new purpose of this podcast is to crowdfund me a Weird Al pinball machine <laughs> that they just announced. So please send us your money. My Venmo is at Jay Or go to pinballtreon.com, our new pinball Patreon. <laughs> Pimbal. Pinballtreon.com. All right, that was a failed Al pun. I'm sorry. They're not all winners, everybody. Just like At least I put the bad album. pun on the bad album episode. <laughs> All right, we should leave before we ruin it any further. All right, we will see you guys in two weeks for... Surprise, this did not end his career. The next album we'll be talking about is even worse. It's gonna be fun. Weird Albums! Come on, be serious. Your real name. Weird Al, whatever, but, but that's my real name, Al. See, it says it on my driver's license. My name's Al, my real name's Al. Your real name. From Masters of None and NPR comes a podcast, one episode at a time. Well, actually, I, I've been thinking about this for a while, and um, I've decided I don't want to be called Al anymore. Weird Al Density. From now on, I want to be called this. Comedian Jay Shinoin and I were doing an innocuous podcast, reviewing the albums of Weird Al Yankovic, a musical comedian who has spanned four decades winning Grammys, and the accolades of millions of fans. But is this man really who he says he is? I'm not sure what his real name is, but his mother and father were very big fans many years ago of a guy who was known as America's Polka King. He came out of Cleveland, Ohio, and his name was Frank Yankovic. Yankovic. Yeah, we know about Frank. That's how Weird Al picked up his name. Jimmy Stir, the Polka King, makes an accusation that sets us on a dark path, paved with half-truths, deceit, and intrigue, taking us from Washington, D.C. The reason I have a little doubt, just a little, 
It's because he grew up and nobody knew him. To Weird Al's birthplace of Downey, California. Downey Health Department. Hi, I was calling to follow up on that birth certificate request for uh, Alfred Matthew Yankovic. Oh, yes. So there were three children born on October 23rd, 1959. One of them wasn't Al. Is this man who he really pretends to be? Or is this just a parody of a long-running grift? Hear the shocking results of our investigation on this season of Weird Identity. I know this is going to shock you. I hope you're sitting down. My real, actual name is 